They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you once again to come and be in our midst this morning to join us here. And we trust that you are here amongst us. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please sit. Jesus doesn't preach the gospel today. He doesn't show grace. At this church, we talk unendingly about grace and love triumphing over law and judgment. And we especially talk about this question, the ultimate question that this young man asks, the what must I do to be saved question. We always talk about it in terms of grace. We called our church grace. What must you do to be saved? Just receive by grace the gift of faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins. That's it. God cuts through all our human nature resistance and says, I'm too perfect. You can't get to me. You can't stand in my presence, but I'll fix that. I'll send my son to you. He'll stand in for you. He'll be good when you can't. He'll follow the law when you can't. That's how you get saved. Right? And this is Jesus' opportunity. Here he can make sure that people understand that plan of salvation. Here he can show us what grace looks like. The question comes, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus starts talking about The law. Well, you know the law, he says. Follow it. The rules are pretty simple. You shall not murder, commit adultery, steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Already we're thinking, wait, what? Where's all the stuff about the cross and faith and trading righteousness for unrighteousness? Where's all the washed by the blood of the lamb? Where's the gospel? Why isn't Jesus preaching the gospel. And that the man, for his part, says, yeah, yeah, I know all the rules. I've been keeping them since I was a child. In effect, he's saying, come on, Jesus. Is that all you got? But he doesn't seem to be looking for grace. He's looking for a challenge. And so Jesus gives him a challenge. Go, sell what you own. Give the money to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. And then come and follow me. And the man goes away sad because he had many possessions. He was a rich man and Jesus got him where it counted. But I want to address for a minute what has happened here. A man comes to Jesus, the Savior, and asks him what he must do to be saved And Jesus, rather than telling him about the gospel, the free gift of salvation by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus kills this guy with the law. 
Now, there's a saying about preaching. It was originally about newspaper writing, but somebody said it about preaching, and it's been about preaching ever since, that, that it should afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. And that's what Jesus does here. This guy is comfortable, imagining that he's been a law keeper since childhood. And Jesus lays some affliction on him. You lack one thing. Go sell what you own, give the money to the poor, and come, follow me. Oh, really? Jesus might be saying. You've been following these laws since you were a child. Let me tell you what following the law really looks like. Give away everything you have. Leave everything behind. Count on having treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. Jesus says that for this man to inherit eternal life, to be saved, he must give everything away. Now, coincidentally, or... Perhaps not so coincidentally, we have launch team covenants for you to prayerfully consider signing this morning. Are you going to partner with us to plant this church here in this place? What are you willing to give away toward that mission? Now, as part of the covenant, we're asking you to partner with us for a year and to enter into a practice of sacrificial giving of your time and your gifting and your money. To help get this church up and running. And just remember, wink, wink, when you're filling out the card, that Jesus asks you to give everything away. (laughs) But really, it's quite fortuitous that we're talking about this today because this is exactly what Jesus is talking about with this young man. This man, remember, was, at least in his own eyes, a law keeper. He probably gave his finest animals for this The sacrifice, he gave the first 10% of his crop to the temple. He was doing it right. Except, of course, for his little problem of thinking that he was doing it right. Now, as we begin to plant this new work, and as you begin to pray about partnering with us in it, as you begin to consider pledging financially to Grace Anglican in 2019, I want you to keep this story fresh in your mind. I want you to make it personal. Put yourself in the place of this rich young man. You come running up to Jesus. Good teacher, you say. How much would be a good amount to pledge? Oh, Jesus responds, you want to be good? You want to be good? Sell everything you have. Give everything to Grace Anglican. Sell all your possessions. Give the money to the church. Count on the fact that you'll have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. That's what you do if you want to be good. I don't want your 5%, says Jesus. I don't want your 10%. I don't even want your 50%. I want your everything. This law, sell everything you have, give it away, And follow Jesus. This law afflicts the comfortable. And we've heard it. And now we are afflicted. This story afflicts us. We were comfortable. We thought the pastor was going to ask for 10%. 
But this, this is ridiculous. This is affliction. It's like our reading from Hebrews says we've been cut by the word of God, drawn and quartered, our selfishness revealed. It has pierced us, dividing soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It judges the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Before God, says Hebrews, no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. We are naked, laid bare, and it makes us, it makes me angry, indignant. How dare Jesus ask for so much, sell all I have? I'm not going to do that. No stinking way. It's not fair. It's unjust. It's too much. If Jesus wants me to do that, if he really wants everything I have, and if I'm not going to be allowed to keep anything for myself, if he's requiring of me more than I can give, he can go straight to hell. Oh, wait. He did. He who knew no sin became sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. Jesus preached the law in all its afflicting glory, but Jesus was the gospel. He didn't hesitate to afflict the comfortable, but finally, finally, Jesus comforted the afflicted. He paid the price for you. He died the death for you. He went to hell for you. He did all the things you could never do so that you wouldn't be judged on account of them. You are judged only on account of him. He died because of and for your inability to give everything you have to God. So what does this mean? It means that there is no amount of money you could give to this church that would make God say, well done, good and faithful servant. To be a good steward, nothing short of 100% will do. Every scrap of clothing on your back and every stick of furniture in your house. I'm not going to do that. Christ alone is a good and faithful servant. Now, the disciples hearing this were, as Scripture says, greatly astounded. And they said to one another, Then who can be saved? If this is the standard, who can be saved? And Jesus looks at them and comforts the afflicted. For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Who can be a good steward? For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Christ's goodness 
and faithfulness are given to you. Jesus wants your everything. And Jesus is your everything. Now there is more good news. God's word, though it is first a two-edged sword, drawing and quartering us, is more than that. It is a creative word. It is an accomplishing word. God promised as much through Isaiah, saying, For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This church will be a place of the relentless announcement of Christ's finished work to a worn out world. This word converts us From the rich young man to the thief hanging on the cross next to Jesus. This word converts us from those who would go away sad to those who beg Jesus to remember us when he comes into his kingdom. And Jesus has a word for us. We thieves on the cross. He says, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. That word, not my word, but God's word, his word of grace for sinners will blossom here. And the Holy Spirit will plant generosity in our hearts of a kind that we never thought possible. That's how God works. For mortals, it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. So as you think and pray about joining us in this incredible work of planting a new outpost for gospel ministry, and as you consider your pledge to this church over the next year, think about this. You cannot save yourself. And you cannot be a good steward. Your righteousness, though, is secure forever in Jesus Christ not in your pledge. As the song goes, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing. God's word, that announcement about the blood of Jesus will plant this church. It will water this church. It will grow this church. Give what you feel led to give, what the Holy Spirit inspires you to give, secure in the knowledge that Jesus Christ who knew no sin, became sin, so that you could become the righteousness of God. Amen.